Welcome to Letters, a show about the alphabet. A is for Android, B is for blogger, and C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we have not renamed our show Letters. We are Material, a show about the Google and Android planets in this alphabet universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This show is brought to you by Fireside Conference. My name is Yasmin Evian, and joining me we have Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. And Google made a pretty big announcement this week. They are restructuring their company and will now be under the parent company called Alphabet. Andy, abc.wtf, what does this mean? <laughs> well, they got the, see, they, they got this great domain, abc.xyz. <laughs> and like I, I'm going through this myself. I bought a great domain last year without any idea what I was going to do with it. And then at some point, you're bored. You 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 start you you fire up Squarespace and you get this idea for a blog and next thing you know you're spinning out one of the most one of the largest and most influential tech companies into a bunch of undecipherable conglomerates. Yeah, the, there was a really cool, uh, almost as though it had been written with the intention that humans were going to be reading it. Uh, post on the Google blog, uh, and you can also read it if you go to abc.xyz uh, from Larry, uh, basically explaining that. Google has now become so big with so many divergent interests that it is impossible to simply stick the Google sticker on everything. It's hard to simply say that we have we have a search product that is so influential that it has become part of the English language and is damn near a, a, an, an okay Scrabble word, but also say that we also have Google put a bunch of radios on a hot air balloon and fly it above New Zealand so that the sheep can get broadband access. It's a bit of a disconnect. Um, and so uh, this new company is so, – so, so basically uh, there's uh, Alphabet, which is going to simply own and run, be the umbrella company for every single venture that Google does. But it also allows Google to spin off – uh, and better organize all the stuff that they're into into separate subdivisions. So what we currently think of and know of as Google, uh, i.e. the stuff that makes money for Google, uh, Google Search, their ad business, Google Docs, uh, Maps, uh, and Android, are now still part of Google, but they've spun off things like uh, Google X, which is all of their uh, all of their uh, uh, far-thinking, self-driving cars, floating balloons uh, projects. That's in another company. Uh, the company that is actually looking for life extension and health stuff, that's in another company. Uh, Google Ventures, their investment company, their other investment companies are also separate companies now. Uh, so it's... It's a really it's it's one of those things that was in unexpected. Uh, it, the news dropped obviously after the, the markets closed, uh, so that they couldn't start you know a, a it's a wonderful lifestyle panic on the banks or whatever. Uh, but it's it's it was it was one of those things where I I first encountered it in a tweet and then went to my email and found it in a press release and it's like what, Google is being bought by somebody and what company is big enough to buy <laughs> app to, to buy Google and of course the only two answers are either Apple or Google itself uh, <laughs> and I, I hope they at least try to get a competitive bid from Apple because they could have made it very much worth uh, worth Google's while uh, but it but and but once you start to look at it we and we can, we'll, we'll talk about like all the different ways in which this makes sense but it certainly does kind of make sense once it's presented to you. Again, especially when you think about how ambitious Google has proven itself to be. I mean, Apple is not this ambitious. Facebook certainly isn't this ambitious. They really do want to become a conglomerate. Um, a lot one of one of the companies that's being compared to uh, in so many posts is uh, General Electric, uh, coming from I think it was one of Sergey's Sergey's first 
uh, early comments about Google when uh, uh, in the early days that they want to be a company that investigates and pursues all kinds of technological interests. And it bears uh, mentioning that in the 1960s, General Electric was making every light bulb that people used in America, but also they were they were designing a, an Apollo <laughs> engine and crew module bid for NASA that was so successful that when they lost the bid and they published their 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 plans, uh, the Soviet space program actually stole it, and the General Electric design became the Soyuz craft. So I think Google wants to be yeah. in that sort of lane where. They have talent. They have lots of ideas. They want to prosecute those ideas in every single avenue without feeling as though they're being stretched thin. And the way to do it is start off with the alphabet. Yeah, and it, it kind of answers two important questions that people ask over and over again. You know, you tell people that this you know search giant is uh, making self-driving cars and they're doing all these other things, and people are like, what, what, what? They're launching balloons? Like that doesn't make any <laughs> sense, really. And it it makes way more sense to run those as, as separate projects. I mean, they were kind of running as their own companies anyway, but there was always that weird question of why is Google doing that? Like, isn't Google a search company? Isn't Google an ad company? So, I, I mean, I don't think that's why they're restructured just to, to answer that question, but it does make it neat. You've got this company that's Google that's search, advertising, you know, maps, uh, YouTube, Android, and all the other things that they sort of do inside there. That's now one company headed up by Sundar Pichai, and he's, I don't know if I'd call it promotion, but he's now the CEO of Google. So he's he, he's up there. He's the head of the company. And, you know, he's been doing some great things over the last, you know, six months to, to 12 months. And I I think that's that's a good sign for Google. And the other thing I really like is that it, you know, you saw this thing with Microsoft that they were obsessed with their brand name. You know, everything had to be labeled Windows or Office. You know, it was Windows Mobile Phone Platform Series 12. You know, if it didn't have the word Windows in there, it couldn't be a, a successful Microsoft product. I, I kind of like that they just went with the name Alphabet. You know, let's let's pick something weird. It's it's a holding company. You know, it, it doesn't actually matter like what it's called. Let's try and pick something that encompasses you know what it is and let Google kind of be uh, Google. And yeah, I think it's a good move. Yeah, I don't know why they went with the game with the the name Alphabet. I told my husband last night when uh, he got home, and I was like, Google is now Alphabet, and he's like, oh, I really don't want an alphabet android phone like that's just not gonna sound as cool um but i i'm kind of excited that you know now people won't make fun of me for the nest thermostat and say hey when is that nest thermostat gonna start feeding you ads as you're walking next to it and know where you are so it's i think it's a good move for google for sure to kind of set all those different companies apart and give them the ability to just kind of go out and maybe purchase whatever they want or start whatever company they want and have the freedom to do that without having to figure out, hey, how does this tie into Google or, you know, things. And it and it kind of, it's one of the things that excites me about Google and how Alphabet is their ability to just go out and explore whatever they want because they're a, a giant company and they just want to see what can be done. And so I think Alphabet gives them that. Yeah, I think one, one of the other interesting things is that um, behind the scenes, I have a feeling that um, Sergey and Larry... Uh, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, they're not they're not really the kind of you know people that want to sit back and just let the company run itself. You know, you you kind of saw them take a you know a front seat a few years ago and then back, and then the same thing when um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, the CEO Eric Eric Schmidt when he was originally there. You kind of see this back and forth of oh, okay, now I'm running the company, now I'm sort of back, now I'm running the company. I think they've they've always had you know ambitions to to do more with Google, and. I think this kind of gives them more control over it as well. You know, you saw the way they did the stock split, you know, a while back where they, they gained a bit more control over Google and, you know, they got more saying where it goes. And I have a feeling what they can do now is they can be like, okay, 
we're reporting the Google profit here and we're reporting all the other profit and loss here and we can sort of offset that a bit. So, you know, if Nest is making crazy profits, you know, selling thermostat, but, you know, Fiber and maybe Google X is losing tons of money, you know, that all balances out and they maybe don't get as many questions from, you know, investors about why are you doing that with Google? You know, why is Google launching balloons? Isn't that going to cost us millions of dollars? <laughs> so it, it seems like a step in that direction where um, Sergey and Larry get to kind of do all these other things that they've, I'm sure they've always wanted to do separately from, you know, Google itself. I think let's, let's talk about one of the uh, subjects that has been in everyone's discussion is that Android stayed under the Google umbrella. It did not get split out to be its own uh, company under Alphabet, which, you know, everyone is saying, of course, because that means that Android is really tied into like the ad business yeah. of, um, of Google. Um, but I also think Android is so integrated with like Google search, like it is so a part of the system that it would be really difficult for those not to be under the same Google umbrella. It's hard to say. I mean, I was, I was thinking that too. And I was also thinking about uh, when, they're, when they're famous acquisitions and then quick disposal jobs was Motorola, <laughs> uh, where they bought an entire phone <laughs> hardware business. And you, you wonder what if this had happened, they decided to reorganize as Alphabet a couple of years ago. Would they then have been able to say, we've just acquired Motorola, it's going to be its own company under under Alphabet, and we will have, and they would have the same relationship that they had for the time that they owned the company, but with the idea of at least the at least the umbrella of uh, of, of separate but equal uh, uh, distinctions. I don't know. I mean, it, it's sort of interesting to think of what if they were to create a phone company that was structured like Apple, where they make the hard this one company Motorola makes Android, this one company uh, also makes the hardware, and they're all in the same building together, and they don't even have to have the uh, put up the front that they had when they when they uh, bought Motorola. They had a, they had to to avoid a whole bunch of antitrust stuff and also to avoid getting Samsung mad. They had to have this pretense that, oh no, Motorola is a separate company. We don't run them. They don't have any privileges that anybody else doesn't have. When in fact, I mean, they're they're eating burritos in the same cafeteria. There was a lot of intimacy. <laughs> I, I, seriously, there, there, there was a lot of cross-pollination between those two. Um, but yeah, if that, I think that is a really telling thing that again, everything that's in the ad business is under the umbrella of Google. And so every person who used to work at a certain division said, no, no, I'm an engineer that's working on developing the next generation of hardware. So what does it say on your business card? It says, Google, you're in the ad business. <laughs> welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the cheese dip, Don Draper. I guess the question is like, why didn't uh, Google keep Motorola? I'm sure Alphabet was in the works back then, or the idea of Alphabet. You know, um, they kept Nest and they let that be its own company. So it's like, why why didn't they keep Motorola to to kind of be its own company and then fall under you know the uh, Alphabet umbrella later? Yeah, I, I I have no sort of inside knowledge of that, but I know some bits of Motorola still exist inside Google. So there was a a rather large sort of research division that Motorola ran. That's now part of Alphabet. And there's there's other small bits of Motorola that you can see. You know, they've taken people from and they've taken ideas from. There's you know there's some of them there at the ATAP group as well. And I'm not. I'm not entirely sure they ever wanted to to get into phone hardware. I think it was just too controversial. You know, you can't 
you can't be someone like Google and make this operating system for you know the Samsungs and and other companies of the world and all of a sudden be like hey we now make first party phones and they're amazing and you know we sold 50 million of them but don't be intimidated by that you know you're equal everybody's equal i don't <laughs> i don't think that was ever something that we're going to be able to sell to uh, to a samsung and i i have a feeling that maybe they never actually wanted to keep the the particular phone you know hardware manufacturing you know parts of motorola why they bought them in the first place i have no idea to be honest but i mean i, I don't know i mean it's a, they they really do have to get the secret this is, a, this is a separate issue but i mean it seems as though you do have to have that level of intimacy and more than that control over a phone in order to make something that can really compete with the iphone i'm not even talking about monetarily i'm talking about as a successful phone as a su- successful product we had we had so so many years in which manufacturers were allowed to do whatever they want and take the phone in so many different directions and go so far with it that Samsung you could almost wonder if they wanted people to think this is a Samsung phone this is not an Android phone uh, that it wasn't until companies like Motorola started really reining the horses back in and trying to go back to a classic Android look that things started to come together for Android. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm not sure I agree entirely that you have to build the Apple experience in order to get a good phone, though. I think I think where Google is now is, is almost in a good place. You know, there are a few interesting things in terms of, you know, rolling out updates and, and things that they're still trying to work through, you know, with the manufacturers. But I think they're, they're in a lot better position than they were two years ago. You know, the Samsung of two years ago honestly looked like it could swallow Android whole and suddenly call it Samsung OS and no one would know any different. You know, we're now Samsung OS and goodbye Google. Whereas the Samsung two years later, you know, is in a weaker position. They're starting to scale back on the things that they do. And I think Google, either by accident or I'm sure actually on purpose, is wrestling more and more control over that operating system. And, I mean, I'm sure that they'd always want more control. I mean, who who doesn't want more control of the thing you're making? But I think they're in a good place. Like, I don't think... I don't think they need to do the the Apple model. I think they're they're perfectly comfortable with you know putting out there, getting as many different manufacturers on board, you know, pushing the Android One initiative in developing countries, and you know, seeing the success of some phones like the Moto G, you know, out in the developing world. I I think that would make Google happy. I I don't think they could do a better job if they you know reined all that in, made their own hardware manufacturing, and said this is the one you know true Google phone. Yeah. Yeah, but but some of this has to also be just about people. I think um, one of the things that sort of bothers, always bothered me about Google, and it bothers me about Apple too, is that the people who can make a company, uh, a, a tech company, into something that is like Google, something that's, that's like Apple, that has that sort of vision and reach and influence, is gonna attract these people who are real. I'm I'm I, I exist in 2015, but I live in 2025. And those are people who are ambitious and restless. And when there's only one chair in the CEO's office, there becomes a limit to how far someone can com- can com- can progress and how far they feel as though they're in control of their own destinies. I mean, famously, Steve Jobs, there was a time he was going to be vice president of Apple for a limited amount of time, even if they hadn't <laughs> booted his butt out of there. You know, he you, you could tell that he spent the 80s trying to train himself to get the skills that a CEO has as opposed to a visionary business tech person has. And he had to go to Next and kind of fail a little bit at Next in order to become a really good CEO of Apple. And one of the other little things that Alphabet helps is that now if they have talent in-house, 
you know that you're 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 in charge of this wonderful phone project. You're you're in charge of Nest or you're in charge of whatever. At some point, you could be promoted into a CEO position of a brand new company or one of the other companies that's in this division. So it gives a place for the best and the brightest of Google to go out apart from someplace other than Google, <laughs> yeah. which is a problem. Well, okay, we, yeah, I, the, there's the stuff we're not talking about though. Is that like there's so much that we? We're, we're, it's, isn't it great that we like we we like Google enough to say, isn't it now they can promote people and now the people the, the the founders can do research the way they want to do research and the people who want to be business people. And apart from that, you got to know that there is some sort of money angle oh, yeah. that is just now now instead of now instead of various world governments chasing us down to Ireland to find our tax shelters of our one company, they can chase us all over the world to find <laughs> the tax shelters of our 90 companies. I think they sent the koalas to go hide all that information across the globe. <laughs> I'm sure there's an entire division at these companies dedicated to yeah, how to, I don't think they call it dodge tax. I think it's how to uh, minimize your tax uh, liabilities. It's limit, it, limit one's exposure. <laughs> it's interesting, Andy, that you mentioned Apple. Like I, I remember they used to actually be called Apple Computer. Like I remember those days. And one day, yeah. uh, you know, Steve Jobs got up and he said, you know, we, we've realized that we don't just make computers anymore as it turns out. So we're going to call ourselves Apple. And it's it's obviously not as big of a, a rebranding to go from Apple Computer to Apple, but it, it still was interesting that, that they had a point where they realized, hmm, like this Mac business is no longer our big, biggest business. We don't just make computers. Why don't we change the name of the, the company to reflect that? And I guess I've seen a lot of people say um, similar things about this Alphabet thing. You know, it's it's Google's putting better names on the things that they do. And I think it's like you say, like if they come up with an idea and they're like, hmm, this doesn't even fit with what we do. Like it's not not ad-based, maybe we're going to sell something, maybe we're going to do something crazy. It's now easy to justify. You put it over there, you put someone in charge and you say, look, this is what we had planned all along. These guys are going to, I don't know, what was that April Fool's joke? Flush uh, network cables down toilets and build the world's uh, <laughs> the world's next great you know, fiber network. <laughs> <laughs> the other reaction I had on Twitter uh, was that sticking your own sticking the same name on every one of your incredibly diverse enterprises that's either what the telltale businessman villain in a bond movie would do <laughs> or donald trump and neither of those are aspirational sort of things for for google and so alphabet is kind of cool because there's sort of a sesame street sort of quality to it as, as as you indicated yasmin but it's also like what's uh you know the video game where the mo where the big corporation is the umbrella corporation <laughs> it's like it's like it's like alphabet seems like yes our name encompasses all other names and stock symbols you cannot say the name of apple or facebook without including or referencing to our name that encloses all of them. <laughs> it reminds me of um i remember in wall-e there was one company that basically ended up taking over all the other companies and their their brand was everywhere i can't remember what it is now but by and large. By and large, that was it. So Alphabet is your new by and large people. And kids are already, you know, chanting their name by learning all the letters that fall under that alphabet. They're just, they're raising a whole army, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I had another question about this. I've spoken to a lot of um, uh, Google engineers. I obviously won't mention any of their names, but you do occasionally get this feeling of discontent from some of them because... The thing that they, you know, a lot of them want to be known for is like great engineering and other things like that. And sometimes they feel like they're lumped in with, you know, the people that make ads. And whatever you think about ads, I mean, they make a lot of money. But as an engineer, it's not always the most 
you know, attractive thing to be associated with. You know, I make this product and people are like, oh, but you're just stealing my information. Do you think do you think this is a way to move, you know, employees into different bits of the organization and and keep some talented people? So not just those who can be promoted into CEO positions, but maybe even the you know, the engineering levels. Yeah, I think like Google is one of the biggest companies out there and they you do have all these people with this like crazy amount of talent and creativity. And, you know, maybe they do get tired of kind of doing the same old quote unquote ad business for Google. And so now you have this entire umbrella that you can go in and explore and try uh, new gifts. And also, you know, there's who's to say like they can't bring in more companies to to jump in there. Um, And so I I think it's just going to create this even larger ecosystem of brilliant engineers and thinkers um, that fall under this umbrella that is uh, Alphabet. <laughs> I love, by the way, speaking of Alphabet, that they went with the the kids kind of, uh, what do you call them, blocks for like the making. blocks, yeah. And then you can spell different <laughs> words. Like right here, I can see the word mad. So see, Larry was mad and the G is for Google. <laughs> and um, I think it's interesting that they kind of went with that playful sort of vibe because at the end of the day, like a company that big is is not playful. Like you can't you can't be playful at that scale. You know, a lot of people don't look at Google and go, oh, that's that's a fun, like, you know, kids' company to run. I, I, I do wonder, like, going forward, are there any downsides to this? Like, we're talking about the upsides, you know, they get to promote people into CEO positions, engineers get to go different places, um, you know, projects that don't make sense to be part of Google are no longer part of Google. Are, are there any downsides? No, everything is perfect, Russell. <laughs> look at the blocks. <laughs> Listen I to said, us. Yeah. It's I, I, the I can't the only downsides that I can see are conceptual. I mean, the nice thing about having everything under the one umbrella of Google is that if a if the company thinks your division or your project is important, it doesn't see you. You don't feel as though the entire success or failure of the corporate structure is relying on you being able to make this balloon internet for sheep project profitable <laughs> it can just be we're pursuing this because it's a cool idea and we're willing to and we make so much this part of the business makes so much money that we can afford to try what might be a stupid idea on the off chance it might be a great idea so it's it would be too bad if uh imagine five or ten years from now where facebook has found a way to totally eat google's ad lunch and now they have to do stuff where we need to herd all of the really profitable stuff into one company so it looks like we're doing really really great in this position but meanwhile there's you know you there's stale captain crunch in the cafeteria of the nest division you know you have to pay for your own parking and you've got the, your worst managers are being transferred into these underperforming companies where they can't do as much damage to the cash cows I mean, think think about Apple. That if they ever put iOS into one company and Mac OS into another company, Mac would not be doing great right now. I mean, they're, they're, I'm sorry, they're they're growing, but they're not making the amount of money that iOS is making. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think there's already a lot of angst inside Apple about how many engineers uh, work on the watch team now versus the OS 10 team. Mm-hmm. I think in, in OS 10, it's a matter of grab engi- any engineer you can for whatever yeah. length of time you can get them. And when they go, you know, they go. What are you going to do? <laughs> was, that, was that a question that employees are thinking? But, but but no matter who we work for, we still get to use the same cafeteria, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's when the, the free burritos disappear that you have to start being worried. So people inside Google, if you see that, just, that's a warning sign. They still get to go on the world tour with Marissa Meyer. Oh, wait. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> now they get to go on the world tour with um, Sundar. Yeah, Sundar's World Tower, I reckon, would be interesting. 
I'd like to try. Now, I, I, he seems like a pretty, pretty spectacular, amazing guy. Um, I'm actually really excited that there is a new CEO that is not a white male, um, is out there. I, I think it's like a great way to speak towards diversity of like, Hey, we're entering into this new world and there's going to be, uh, people of, you know, there's gonna be women, there's going to be, uh, men and women of different, uh, nationalities that will be able to, you know, take the take the stage and be CEOs for some of these really large companies. I think it's encouraging uh, being, you know, a Latina to see someone else that resembles me a little bit. Maybe not exactly. Come on, Google. Can we get a Latina on stage? That would be awesome. Uh, I'm volunteering. Feel free to take me on that offer. Get me on stage. Um, <laughs> but, you know... Do they still have that foam rubber Android costume? <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't don't wish on a monkey's paw. You got to be specific, or it'll give you what you're at, what you asked for, but I, not what you wanted. Like you wanted to I be on stage. Be... Now you're on stage. <laughs> Where's Yasmin? I thought she was going to be at Google I/O. I don't know. I just have this like random Android foam costume following me around. And wow, what a what a fun is... thing they've done in Internet of Things Dunk Tank. <laughs> Who's in the costume? <laughs> oh man, what are, yeah? What am I signing up for? Uh, Google, I would love to be on stage in not costume, please, and, and not in the dunk tape. <laughs> dunk tape, tank, dunk. I can't, I can't speak. But you know what, Senator Pichai, I would love to have a fireside chat with you at a fireside conference. Russell, what is fireside conference? It is amazing that you asked that question, Yasmin, because this week's show <laughs> is sponsored by Fireside Conference. Ta-da! Holy cats! Yeah, that's a coincidence. Fireside Conference is a retreat, bringing together the best and brightest tech entrepreneurial minds in our community. And so even if you can't pronounce that word, you know, it's an amazing place to be. So if you think about it, Fireside is gathering uh, a vibrant group of one-of-a-kind people outside of Bancroft, Ontario. I'm sure you guys know where that is. I have no idea. It's it's outside of the congestion of the city. So, you know, you get to engage with people. You don't have to deal with the hustle and bustle. They have some amazing speakers and partners lined up. There's going to be more announced shortly. You'll get to learn through their keynote presentation. So, you know, they have all these interactive sessions that they do. Um, you're surrounded by the, the beautiful scenery, I'm told, out there. And there's also a whole bunch of social events. And the thing that you alluded to, Yasmin, they've got literally campfire side chats that you can, um, you know, sit by a campfire and chat to these other peoples. And you kind of forget, you know, the typical sort of conference stage setup where, you know, we're all sitting on these chairs and there's someone up the front saying something. Imagine actually roasting marshmallows, you know, with these people, you know, a hundred times better. Um, the conference venue is named Walden and stretches over 750 acres. So you've got these postcard views of the beauty of what I'm told are Canadian summers. Um, you've got two private lakes there. You've got ample meeting places, arts facilities, you know, the, the works. There's a, a gorgeous waterfront um, place where you can go swimming, water skiing, wakeboarding, canoeing, sailing. You know, there's all these different activities, archery, volleyball. Um, it's more than just a conference is the way they like to sell, uh, sell it. Uh, it's taking place on September 11th uh, through to the 13th, and that's this year obviously. Um, and it's a great conference to bring a team to. So, you know, if you've got a team of people that you want to work with and, you, you know, you want to get to know them better, you know, why not Why not go? Um, they even have team cabins, you know, for team building and, and those kind of exercises. And before I forget this, the whole weekend is all you can eat and all you can drink. So Sign me up, Russell. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might say that. <laughs> Just visit firesideconference.com and use the co offer code MATERIAL. And you'll get a hundred dollars off, and this is exclusive to our listeners, uh, you know, on Relay FM. 
And they're also giving away two tickets uh, to listeners of this show. So the interesting thing here is all you have to tweet is uh, thanks at FiresideConf for supporting Relay FM, and they'll choose two of those people at random to um, to basically get a, a ticket. The contest closes at 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, August 17th. No purchase necessary to enter that. All you have to do is tweet. Um, we'll have more details about that in the show notes. And if you if you do end up purchasing a ticket and then win, they'll refund your purchase afterwards. So we really want to thank Fireside Conf for supporting this show. Go check it out, firesideconference.com. And we do have some time uh, left at the end of the show. And some of you have been sending in not just your questions, not, not just your comments about the show and suggestions, all of which have been read and all of which have been very, very, very much, uh, very, very much appreciated. Uh, but some people have actual I'm impressed that they are asking us questions, expecting practical, succinct, <laughs> and useful answers. I don't know how well this will go, but we did collect a few of those to discuss on the show. Uh, Russell, I, I, I'm going to have you pick the first one. We'll, we'll see how. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll see. We're also, we're also going to be looking for your feedback to say, "Wow, you just not it, it, you were the opposite of helpful there. You <laughs> actually got me listening closely and taking notes, and it was not until two days later that I realized that oh, they really were just making it up and they didn't know what they were talking about. I, I, I thought all people really wanted was just to us uh, for us to validate their opinions, but the problem is they didn't actually send their opinions. Oh, we can in. do that. That's easy. I just sent their Help. questions in, so we're going to have to guess. So I'm going to pick the least controversial one and the quickest one to start with: the best Nexus design of all time, and maybe we could limit it to to phones. I'd go I I'd go with the Nexus 5 only because I think the Nexus 6 is really really pretty but I don't think it really hit the mark of being a great big phone whereas I thought the Nexus 5 was intended to be a really nice affordable Volks phone and it really hit the mark there. Yeah, and there's rumors that the next Nexus will be a little bit more like the Nexus 5, um, that there might be two versions of it and one that's smaller and maybe one that's bigger and so yeah, I I, I think the Nexus Fine was a it was like a beautiful device. It wasn't too big, it wasn't too small. It was just like a real there it is <laughs> in all its glory. Up one right now. Andy's holding it up. See, I wish this was a video show that you could see it. It's I'm, beautiful. I'm it, gonna have to disagree with you two. I think it was the <gasps> Nexus S. So for for me, I, I know it's it's a long time ago, but do you remember the the curves of the Nexus S and how nice it felt? You know, was it? Yes, I I, I remember them when I saw them on the first iPhone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> zing 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 zing. <laughs> 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 no, but for me, there was something magical about that phone, that the size of it, the, the curved plastic back, and just, I don't know, it felt like a, a really good phone at the time. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't use it today, but for its time, amazing. So I'm going to throw it to you, Yasmin. Do you want to pick the next one? Yeah, they actually, this one is directed, this is against you, Russell, <gasps> and, we're, and our users are outraged, and I can't blame them. They're saying Android, Android TV is great. Even if Pocket Cast won't make a version for it, WTF, Russell, why won't you make a version for the Android TV of Pocket Cast? Hey, hey, you, uh, you added that WTF. That wasn't in the original <laughs> feedback. <laughs> You're right. I just wanted to find a way to yell at Russell. That's, <laughs> That's mean. Yes, yeah, mean. Um, oh. oh, I've been waiting to use that one. Um, so <laughs> Android TV, I remember being at um, Google I.O. last year when it was announced. Uh, I even got to go into the secret session where they gave everyone the ADT1, I think it was called, the developer version of it. And it's it's a really exciting product and I think it's better than Google TV. Our, our two problems that, that we have with it internally are one that 
no one seems to be buying them. Like I know people are, but they're not <laughs> selling in in crazy numbers. And the other one is just resourcing. Like it's there's no magical button to press and get an Android TV version. You don't have to add all the layouts. You have to um, add controller and keyboard support. And you have to rethink a whole lot of things about your app. Like it's not just push a button, boom, we're on Android TV. So it's it's somewhere we want to be. And and I can guarantee you, had they sold you know forty million of them, we'd 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 be there now. But the <laughs> fact that they've only sold, who knows? They haven't announced maybe one million or less. That we we want to be there, but there's no sort of pressing need to you know be on there right now. Do do either of you have an Android TV? I do not. Nope. Yeah. yeah. See, I think that says something <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> well, I think Android TV. It's not a. It's not a cheap like purchase. It's a purchase that you kind of have to invest in. And so, unless you're ready to buy a new TV, you're probably not going to buy an Android TV. I mean, I. I mean, I would love to have one. If anyone wants to give me an Android TV, I won't complain. <laughs> if actually, if anyone wants to give. Russell and Android TV. No, 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 no. He no. may build Pocket Cast. I've already got one. No? Don't send any more. No. Oh, oh, no more Android <laughs> TVs? <laughs> no, I mean, the interesting thing about it is I think they got the technical side of it exactly right. You know, it runs Android, um, all the SDKs make sense, the interface is nice. I think the thing they're missing is obviously content. Like you have to have games specifically built for the TV and not just games ported from the touch interface or games that were popular five years ago. You want really big uh, I'm not talking about Call of Duty or anything like that, but I'm talking about really big games for that platform that people go, oh, that's amazing. Like, I want to get one of these Android TVs. And then you want all the content around it as well. You know, let's pretend you couldn't get Netflix in 200 different boxes already. If you were the only ones with Netflix or some other, you know, content offering, then there'd be a reason to to grab one. And um, I know that people write in because they love their Android TVs, but I really like it's in a crowded market of of other things and it really doesn't stand out for me. It's better than having a the you know the manufacturers like uh, LG or Samsung have their own interface though oh infinitely better that's a, but that's, that's yeah. not a very high so, bar <laughs> yeah exactly so i i think that's the like neat part about it but of course it's not really something that i'm like i need to go buy an android tv right now yeah i mean there it's it's it really isn't also ran in a field where there are all kinds of there are at least two really really good alternatives I mean, Apple TV, okay, assume that Apple actually ships an update to the Apple TV hardware, which they haven't done for like two or three years. But that that's a nice platform sold by the best company there is at selling tech stuff to people, which is Apple. Roku, which is probably the best box on the market. I mean, you there is not a problem create – users do not confront a problem with the Roku that any other box can solve. And you have a company that does nothing but sell Roku, and their entire existence is based on their ability to uh, innovate that sort, that stuff and get it out there. Whereas this is just another thing that another platform for Android that Sony is gonna sort of put the software in their TV sets, and they can convince uh, uh, Nvidia to build a box, but who's gonna actually sell it? It's not it's not like Chromecast, where it was this thing that really caught on because. Come into the store with thirty bucks. We will send you back, not with a tangle of boxes and cables and stuff, but with this little thing you just plug into the back of your TV set. You will never even see it, and then magically you can just interact between your phone and your TV set uh, in wonderful, wonderful ways. It's setup takes two seconds, and then the magic lasts forever. Uh, so it's it's just not a compelling product, and we don't even have to talk about the creepiness factor of Would you like Google to watch everything you're watching as well? I think that's the other thing holding Android TV back in some ways is probably the success of Chromecast. Like I have a Chromecast. I love that thing. In fact, 
to say one is is uh, that's selling it short. I think I have like four of them. They're just everywhere. They're they're cheap. They're easy to plug in. They're easy yeah. to flick stuff to. And it it kind of takes away that need when you've got a way to get content from your tablet or phone super quickly onto your TV. Yeah, I don't I don't see anything that I I personally like need anything else. Well, I guess the last one's for me. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chromebooks? I will I I will let you two answer that first. I I've I've got an answer, but I I asked the question so. Well, I don't have anything against books. Um, I think they help uh, kids learn, you know, but if it's Chrome, is it kind of hard to maneuver? Like if you leave it out in the sun, does it get hot? I don't know. What is... I, I don't know if you know this, Yasmin, but uh, Google Google makes a laptop. It's, it's called a Chromebook and it's, oh. uh, it's really popular with the kids. Oh, Okay, so this isn't what the the cops in Australia used to book you with. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've I've never played with a Chromebook or I don't have one in our house. Uh, But I do like the idea of them, just how cheap they are. And also, you know, it's some it's kind of it's like a laptop that you have in your house that's inexpensive that can just kind of be a family computer that doesn't require that much uh, processing power. But yeah, I guess like with the world of tablets and, you know, mobile phones, like you don't really even need a, a laptop. So I I like them and I think they're great for people that want a laptop and it's affordable. Uh, it just is not in, in my uh, household. It doesn't have a place in my household at the moment, but maybe in the future it will, like when we want to get a, a computer that our daughter can kind of go in and, and mess with. See, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm very, I don't want to be negative today, but I'm very kind of down on Chromebooks. I know they, they sell in decent numbers to schools and places like that. So if you want to give, you know, 30 students a laptop that, you know, they can't mess too much with, you know, give them a Chromebook. They, they can't really do much with it. If anything goes wrong, you just press the reset button and, and you're back to square one. And I guess for some people, just having a, a web browser, you know, based operating system is enough. You know, if everything you do is is based in the web browser, then that's fine. But my problem is that for me personally as a developer, like I, I can't use it. You can't install Google's own developer tools on there without kind of hacking around a bit. Um, and I want to do a whole bunch of other stuff with my computer. You know, I want to install apps. I want to do stuff on the command line. I want to do a whole bunch of other things that just isn't in Chrome OS. And then I look at my kids who are nine and seven, and they don't want a Chrome OS either because they want to run, you know, games like Terraria and Minecraft and all these different things that, that kids love to do. And it's all well and good to say like, hey, here's a laptop for you and you must only do schoolwork on it. And I'm sure that's the dream of, of some parents, but it, <laughs> it's not a reality. You know, if all the other kids are playing Minecraft and your kids aren't, then then who feels like the bad dad? It's it's you. So I, <laughs> I actually bought my kids um, two HP laptops, just super cheap, you know, $250, almost disposable uh, type laptops. Our dollar is a lot lower than yours, by the way. So our $250 uh, is probably about 170 of yours or something like that. And it, they're amazing. Like they're just, they're dirt cheap. They have like 32 gig somewhere in between SSDs and spinning drives. And for me, that's, you know, they run Windows and that's that's what my kids want. So I've in my life, I just don't see any need for them. But they are selling, so someone must. Yeah, I'm, I'm really super glad that they exist. I'm as impressed with Chrome OS and Chromebooks as I am with any other really good laptop out there. Because it's it's one thing when like Dell and Lenovo and Apple try to make a really good fifteen hundred dollar laptop and you see B 
beautiful design. You see innovation and in, God, third time today I've said innovation. I'm sorry. It's the end of a long day. <laughs> but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm talking, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm talking about trying to make a really good design that's as light as, light as, light as possible. But I'm equally, I think it's an equally impressive achievement when you say you've got, you, you, we have to sell this for 200 American dollars, not 250, 200. And we'd like to get that even lower if, if possible. What can we build within these constructs? And I love how Google really solved that problem of saying we're going to make an operating system that does not require a, a big processor because it's just essentially going to be for uh, swapping HTTP requests in and out of the internet. And it's not going to require a lot of storage because we're going to keep everything in the cloud. And it's not going to require it's not going to require a lot of uh, ability for the user to tinker with it because we are actually going to be the best admins that this user can possibly have. I mean, I. I I hate to say it, but you know, I have a $1,700 laptop in front of me, but the number of times that I've had to haul out a Samsung Chromebook because it was the only working stable thing that I, if I need to get tech support for for my real Windows and, and Macs, it's like, I know for a fact that the Chromebook will be working. There's almost, it's like a, a cockroach surviving the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Nothing can kill this thing. Um, and there, I mean, and there are people who, uh, there are people who don't have the technical acumen to even understand simple things like what if i unplug it and plug it back in again there are people that need stuff that's that uh, that's that simple um your point is absolutely spot on uh, people kids who are growing up they grow up with tablets and you can actually buy a, a very decent android based tablet for about the same amount of money as a chromebook and the stuff that's relevant to them the apps that are relevant to them and the games are uh, are there for for android and not to, not for chrome but there are a lot of people that they do need the experience of a keyboard a trackpad and a screen something they can actually do homework on or even business work on and this is the difference between someone having to share a computer with nine other people and having one that you own this is yours put your own put your stickers on it doesn't put your adventure time uh, uh, doodles on the cover of it it's yours you can do with it as you as you please uh, so I'm really pleased they exist. And even and even if you're not in that group of people, even if you do have that really fancy $1,700 laptop, uh, I can't really justify having my 13-inch really, really nice MacBook and like a 10-inch or 11-inch MacBook Air, for instance, even though there are times where I really do want to have something like that's less than my real laptop but still a laptop. So I can afford to have a $200 uh, HP um, the interesting thing that's going to come, though, is that now that we have Windows 10, uh, part of the, you know, when Microsoft has and Intel have paid attention to the fact that Chromebooks are selling extremely well, particularly to schools. But now they have the ability to make, they've created an operating system that can actually make sense for a $200 little tablet or a $200 little notebook. You can get an HP Stream notebook for about the same amount of money as a Chromebook. Yeah, that's, and that's it the runs, one my kids have. But it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it runs, and it runs not, I, I want to say technically Windows, but yes, uh, actually windows so interesting to see but i don't know it's i haven't used one of these cheap windows 10 notebooks yet i have a cheap windows 10 tablet which is a different thing uh but if they can make windows as stable as a chromebook i'll be shocked right down to my loafers i don't even own loafers <laughs> you will buy loafers laces forever man <laughs> don't give in <laughs> So I think we have time for one more question, and it's kind of a sore subject, and I feel like I've been beating up on Russell this episode. Uh, but Russell, I'm going to have to ask you the question, and I'm hoping that you don't cry during this uh, this time. I know it's a really difficult time, and it may be too soon, but the but the users, the users, the listeners, 
Sorry, there goes my uh, design speak. I'm so I'm so used we're, to we're advocating for the user. Yet, we, we don't call them users. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. But we do want them to I get feel, addicted. Uh, you, listeners, I, I don't feel used by you at all. I feel as though this is part of an ongoing <laughs> conversation between we, the hosts, and you, the people who are generous enough with your time and your attention and your emails. God bless each and every one of you. Check under your seat; you will find an eight dollar gift certificate to the steakhouse of your choice. <laughs> but no free beers. By the way, no one claimed but the no free f- beer, which is amazing what? for Australia. Amazing. I think it was raining too much. It's going to be like a like in two weeks, they're going to catch up to the episode and be like, where's my free beer? <laughs> yeah, and I said one person Our- on Twitter was up to episode three. I'm like, oh, no, they're going to make episode six in, <laughs> in no time. Like, oops. Okay, so they want to know, they have a question about apps and what you use on Android, but in particular and in specific, they want to know which one is your favorite Twitter Android app. And I know that me and Russell are really just going through a hard time because our favorite app developer for Twitter um, joined the Twitter team, Joaquim uh, is the creator of Falcon Pro, and he is now a part of the Twitter Android uh, UI team um, at Twitter HQ. So that's that's my uh, favorite Twitter client, and I have like at least five Twitter apps on my phone. And um, I guess before that, before Falcon Pro, w- one that I was really using a lot was Phoenix. Um, I really like Phoenix and a huge fan. But just Falcon Pro, man, it oh, it's just such a nice little app to use. And like, he's such a talented, talented developer, um, Joaquin. So I'm, I'm sad. He says that you know he will still be working on Falcon Pro and try new experimental things. But you know, people say that, and who knows what will happen um you know when i i had an app on app.net and like when they announced the the app.net was kind of not shutting it down but they were saying that they weren't going to really continually be developing for it i was like one of those like designer developers on team that was like no we we we're staying strong until like the lights come off and uh i'm sad to say that that did not happen so (laughs) it really does i mean it's (laughs) It's a bittersweet day. Like you've got this really talented um, developer who made a great um, Android app going to the Twitter team, and on the surface of it, you're like, "That's really cool." Now he gets to work on the you know the stock sort of Twitter app and make that better. I have mixed feelings about that. I've actually um, talked to him personally, and he he's really excited. He says he's going to you know try his best to try and mold that into a better experience. You know, obviously working with the existing team there, he's not he's not a one man army, but. I've seen a lot of people disappear into big companies like Twitter and just never be heard from again. And then you check in two years later and you're like, what are you doing? And they're like, I'm watching the stock price. And when the stock price is at the right point, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I hope I hope that doesn't happen. I'm not I'm not saying it will, but yeah, it's it's definitely bittersweet for me. It's too soon, Yasmin. Too soon. Sorry, Russell. We'll have a we'll have a group hug after this. Everyone can join. <laughs> My, my my favorite is Plume. I don't. I can't think of the reasons why. I think it was so. It's this is what must be so terrible for for developers like you, Russell, where it really is the first ten or fifteen seconds because yep. apps are so cheap, especially the trial ones, where you will download. I'll, I need a oh, new phone. Need a Twitter client. Download Falcon Pro. Okay, that's nice. Okay, what's the next one? I'll download <laughs> Plume. Oh, that's really nice. And and it could be just as simple as the default font size is. 
<laughs> preset to what you would like it to be. It has nothing to do with all of the real love that went into it. Yeah, I mean, even as a developer, I install an app, and if it doesn't look good, like straight away, I don't go into the settings. I'm like, oh, next, because there are, there are twelve apps that do the same thing. Like, why why yeah. hang I around? Think- yeah, that's the problem. So like another app that I have on my phone is Tweetings and like that app, you can customize it to do like whatever in the world you want it to look like. But that's the problem. <laughs> like I don't want, I want someone to think for me. Like I don't want to go in there and select what is the background color exactly that I want and what is the spacing and all that. And I'm like, you know, that's, I want someone else to do the thinking for me. I just want to <laughs> go in there and read some tweets. Uh, but it is, I believe, one of the only apps that provides push notifications other than uh, like an actual push notifications, which means if you get uh, a reply or something of that nature, you will actually get a push notification. Um, unlike the other apps that once you log in to like once you open up the app, then it'll show, hey, here's your notifications that you missed. Um, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I have it on my phone. But um, yeah, if Listeners, if you ever want to talk to me about what Twitter apps on there, I I will gladly have a conversation with you because there's like at least five on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and and we should point out that if you ever have any other questions for us, like feel free to uh, to tweet it, tweet at us. We're Material Podcast on Twitter. You know, we even have a Gmail account. Same one, Material Podcast at Gmail. <laughs> we're one of those fancy, fancy commercials. We're, we're, we're like <laughs> we're, we're like WTF. We're, we're, the first step is you're fancy enough to have your own Gmail address, and then the president comes, helicopter, and right on your back porch. <laughs> Just not fancy enough to uh, own the domain, but. So yeah, we're, we're like, should we so put a good. domain on that? No, like everyone knows we're using a Gmail account at the end of the day. We don't, we don't need to hide it from them. They're, they're smart people. They'll, they'll figure it out. And you, you may not like the answers we give you, but we're happy to provide answers. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, and we we read through all of them. If you do the hashtag Ask Material, we'll get to those um, too. And I think we're going to continue doing this uh, kind of throughout throughout the shows. So if you guys have any questions, send them over to us. We, we we would like we would like Q and A to sort of become like the AOL sign up CDs when you used to order stuff and <laughs> there would just be one of these CDs in the box no matter what you wanted to deliver we will try to we will, we would like to deliver these even without being requested to do and so. and if you tweeted us from a different Twitter account every thirty days they'll uh, continue to remain free just like the AOL CDs <laughs> and if you and actually if you could also like sign up for if you now. I know that Russell's podcast app is the best, but if you could like download seven others, subscribe to this podcast in those seven and have them automatically download every episode. The great thing about stats is that they never check. They never, ever check. It's like a Chicago election. You know, so long as the numbers is there, they're going to believe the numbers. So that's one way of supporting. Yeah. And if you download it, and then you accidentally delete it and download it again. I mean, who's, who's going to know? Whoops. There you go. And actually, I don't think we have any iTunes reviews. Come on, listeners. I thought you loved us. Holy give crap. us some, yeah. Give us you, some love on iTunes. Can, if, for those of you on the Mac, I think it's even on the PC actually. If you can resurrect that app out of whatever folder you've buried it in, <laughs> launch yeah, it. Yeah, that's 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 it. I, I, okay, uh, I, 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 I retract my disgust that we're asking a lot of somebody to <laughs> actually are. interact with iTunes. I mean, juicing download numbers is fine, but interacting with this, iTunes. Whoa. This is the voice <laughs> of an Apple fan of an Apple user. I've got. Three. I'm wearing an Apple device right now, and even I, something happens to my pancreas every time I considering <laughs> clicking on that that iTunes icon. I'm saying that your reward in heaven shall be that of a pious man or woman 
if you were to go to iTunes. I know. Hold your nose. <laughs> or, or if there's someone you don't really like in the office, have them do it and just like guide them as they <laughs> – go, go, go watch that scene in A Clockwork Orange. Try to buy as much of that apparatus as possible. <laughs> Get their eyes to remain open. <laughs> Keep putting the drops in their eyes as they work the mouse on the trackpad. Give us the review that you think that we that we that we have earned. <laughs> <laughs> it's character building, Andy. It, it's character building. Everyone has to have at least one experience with iTunes. You can't you can't go through life with without having that experience, and that's just what we want for you. Um, but in terms of other things happening in the material universe, some people's stickers have started arriving and they've like crazy Yay. people stuck them to the back of their laptops. So we'll, we'll have those pictures in the show notes. If you've got any others, you know, send those through. <laughs> and one of our Apple fans even uh, ordered Google Cardboard after the last episode. He was like, oh my goodness, after listening to Material Podcast, I had to order <laughs> the uh, the Google Cardboard viewer. So hopefully we can get some um, awkward photos of people. I don't know if you saw the, the uh, potential cover of Time Magazine with the... The guy with the VR goggles kind of leaping awkwardly into the air. We, yeah. We'd like some of those photos. You have to take them now. That's, that's, a, that's a, the only statement you need about the power of Google. They convince people to put a cardboard box on their faces <laughs> and be excited about that prospect and give them money for the prospect of put a cardboard box on your face. It's great. I have you know Obviously, I have cardboard. I love it. I think it's what, a, a typical of Google making something cool that everybody can afford. But let's not shy away from the fact that they've gotten us to put cardboard boxes on our faces. <laughs> it's the it's most like pre-distressed uh, jeans. April's you know. full joke in existence. Just make sure it doesn't go out in the rain because you will be a very, very sad koala. Actually, more like a sad raccoon because it's they're dyed black, aren't they? The boxes, and so the, the I'm sure it's Only not yours. like water safe ink. Andy, oh, so look at have... Mr. Black box over yeah, here. Mr. Mine is dyed Mr. Black Fancy. and it, it runs in the rain. Oh, aren't they all black? You know. Oh, doesn't so everybody nice. have a black one? I thought they just came like that. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm cosplaying as the Daryl Hannah character in Blade Runner. <laughs> you know that really cool replicant with the eye makeup. Or Annie Lennox at the at the at the, at the Freddie Mercury concert with David Bowie. No one cooler than Annie Lennox at the Eddie Mercury concert. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening. Andy, where can people find you and see the beautiful image of that black Google Cardboard <laughs> on your face? Well, um, get into my house. Uh, usually the recycling <laughs> is in the garage. Now, you're going to have to dig way, way down because I did put that picture in the shredder, but... If you can get through the locks and if you can get through the, the the nest cam and if you can get that stuff taped together, you're welcome to see that. Uh, might be easier if you just go to at Anatko on Twitter, which is most of my day-to-day ramblings and links to stuff where you can see me online. You can also go to anatko.com, which has my blog and other uh, deleterious links. And Russell, where can people find you? Uh, all you have to do is imagine a corroded metal shelf. So you go to Rusty Shelf on Twitter. And that's where you find me. And I am at Yasmin Evian on Twitter and also on Google+. Thank you, listeners, for adding me and into your beautiful circles. <laughs> Actually, let's all, Russell, let's all people twist find down you. the drain together. <laughs> I had at least 20 people add me. I didn't realize I'd left the emails on because I never get them. And then my email inbox was just flooded with, so-and-so has added you to one of their circles. I'm like, oh, cool. And, yeah, there was a good 25 in there, I think. So well done, people who found me. You win a golden star high five imaginary. Um, if you can't see this, I'm holding my hand up in the high five motion, high five motion right now in front of the camera. Actually, I think we should. I'm going to take a picture of that. Oh no! And then uh, we can post it to our to our listeners. Let me let me maximize this here. All right, awesome. I will. We will upload these, and we will put them on the internets. 
the uh, the alphabets. We will put them on the alphabets, and you will be able to to see these lovely high fives that we have just given you. And you can find us at, at Material Podcast on Twitter. Email feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And yes, we read every single one of those emails. And you can visit our website at relay.fm forward slash material. And everyone, stay in material. Thank you for listening. L M N O P. Oh no, you guys are going to creep me out. Oh my gosh, that was like the creepiest thing ever. The new CEO of Google. Sundar Pachai. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Sundar Pachai. Is that how you pronounce it anyway? I don't know. I'm from Australia. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Sundar Pichai born? Sundar Pichai was born in Chennai, India. Sundar Pichai. Sundar Pichai.